0: God, my notes for Monday take up the whole screen. Yes. That's crazy.
1: Uh it's the Deer Blind Studios
0: in the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manchac, Texas.
1: In the Mountain Room at the Ranch. Uh-huh.
2: And... I don't understand why you can't get this, Bobby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so simple.
1: Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice weekly podcast, about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live, in the beautiful, historic Brighton neighborhood of Boston, Massachusetts at the Day Job Studios. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from the Stickabutter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Ann Lundholm. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, Bobby. Less historic over here. Well, you know, you have your moments. And in Deer Blind Studios, in the mountain room at the ranch in manshack Texas, sponsored to be determined, it's Mike Frizzell. Good morning, Mike.
0: Good morning, Bobby. Nice job on that.
1: Thank you. Or is Deer Blind just a company I don't know that's conveniently <laughs> sponsoring no.
0: you? No. No. If, if I had a name brand, if if we were advertising a, a particular Deer Blind, I would uh, let you know. You know, um, uh, Jeremy and I... Um, Saw at the uh, Bucky's in uh, New Braunfels here, they sell deer blinds, and that, that's it's a truck stop, and they sell deer blinds, like four hundred dollar <laughs> deer blinds. Well, you place. never know. It's pretty amazing.
1: You never know what you're gonna have to pull over and set up shop to hunt.
0: Well, you throw some beaver nuggets out there, and the deer come to come to snack on them, and then you just blow their little heads off
2: oh that's so sweet
1: hello children yeah. of tens <laughs> uh we how is bucky's not sponsoring your pot, your studio yet
0: i don't they know they could just ply I mean, you with beaver we nuggets did purchase a lot of their products
1: yeah we should work on that it's like the dern good of texas but bigger and with more beaver nuggets. oh yeah yeah all right we're gonna do a little lrb business followed by your weekend review housekeeping and how you can get involved with the show Starting with a little bit of business, Friday's show, if you haven't listened to it yet, is the first installment in our December 2 pod member series, occasional series. Anne and I fired up the mics just earlier this week to bring you the first set of best of clips. And Anne, I think you and I both said we re-listened to it after recording it and still laughed the whole way through. It
0: was pretty great. Yep.
2: Yep. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And you know what I was thinking, Bobby? This gets us off the hook we've done our pod member episode now it's up to the rest of the lrb crew to put in some work for once around here oh yeah there was to, no doubt
1: to
0: make about it that. a pod member to pod member to remember That's it's what a just we...
1: d- d- december to pod member i think is the the one that we think is least likely to get us sued
0: what about if i just pitch in a bow is that enough a giant <laughs> bow
1: until you sell the Kyle house, I don't think you can afford a bow big enough. No, we can't afford – yeah,
0: yeah, we, we can't get out of any jams or get any bows <laughs> until we sell the Kyle house. Uh,
1: and while I have you, and while you're listening to the Friday show, if you haven't already, uh, I also just wanted to mention a quick cup date. I don't usually do this for Cupcake because she's pretty mellow, but if you didn't see the pictures this week, uh, we, like every other house on, on Earth, has been receiving um, – Package after package, tis the season. Sam put in a big Petco order, and they decided to send every piece of it individually, so um, <laughs> we've been getting just small bubble back package after tieback package of cat toys because Sam's been in charge of holiday shopping for the pets of all of our friends. Um, we don't like to give our friends gifts because we're cheap and lazy, but we do love their pets, so... Dog toys well, the and pets
0: are probably on tenterhooks waiting for Christmas, you know. They're marking off the days because pets know what days are yeah, exactly. and exactly. holidays are. So,
1: you know, uh, dog toys and cat toys galore. And one of the things that she ordered for Cupcake for Christmas was a bag of super, super potent organic Jackson Galaxy brand catnip. Uh he has his own
0: brand yeah i didn't know that's amazing
1: uh does it have his face
0: on and his hair and his facial hair on it
1: i believe on the packaging yes and it comes it comes in like a plastic resealable top bag and that was just thrown in the tyvek bag uh but it's super super strong this isn't you know stems and seeds this is like your friend in college Mm -hmm. who knew a guy who knew a guy who could get the medical grade catnip and so Mm -hmm. uh this thing comes I don't know what's in it. I haven't opened all these packages from Petco. I throw them on the table in the kitchen. I leave to go host trivia. Sam's out. I come back a couple hours later. The package is on the floor. The corner has been torn open. And the cat is tweaking. Just rubbing her face against everything (laughs) she can find. (laughs) (laughs) So my, my appeal to the Petco... People and to the Jackson Galaxy people is you've got if you're going to make catnip that strong you've got to package it in stronger shit because yeah she we just we have some experience
0: them. in shipping drugs on, on this on this uh, program among us and yeah you 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 have to you have to get something where the scent doesn't get through because that cat probably knew the second that thing came through the door yeah that there and was it- there were uh, medical grade drugs in there.
1: There was clearly some thrashing about of the packaging because the, the chew holes went through <laughs> both the Tyvek bag and the inside bag. But when I opened the Tyvek, uh, tons of catnip had come out of the packaging and was loose in the shipping bag. And mm-hmm. so it had all been shaken out in a fit of fury. I really need to put cameras up in the house because I had to. I would love to see just how aggressive this got.
0: Did, did hours go by without Cupcake blinking? I mean, because <laughs> that picture you posted, I've never seen eyes wider.
1: She just uh, she just was was running. And, and usually um, <laughs> the fastest she ever gets. This is too much information, but the the fastest she gets is after the litter box. When she's yeah, done, she, zoomies. she comes, yeah, bolting out of the bathroom <laughs> and just runs like one terror lap around the house, like like parkour. Right. Like she hardly touches the floor. She makes it all. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and she was running around like that, like she had just lightened her load for an hour after I got home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I need to give some of this to Abby. We can work some of that weight off. Oh my god.
1: So, uh, yes, that's my public service announcement. If you're ordering from PECO, be careful this holiday season because, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I would hate to ruin your happy Honda days with uh, with with cat destruction.
0: You know, Edith will get into anything that's on the counter that's edible in any way. And so she would go for the package even if she couldn't smell the catnip. So what <laughs> what we do if we're not ready to put something completely up yet or, you know, like... Emily made coffee cake yesterday morning. Um, We just put it up in the microwave. And until Edith knows how to open the microwave, uh, everything's safe in there.
1: Uh, Cupcake loves apples and applesauce. But we can Mm. leave whole apples on the counter. She hasn't figured out that she could bite into it and then get what she's looking for out of it. Yeah. So she has to wait. Once you take a bite of an apple anywhere in the house, she's right in front of you waiting for her turn. Yeah. Right,
0: because um, uh, apples don't seem to give off any smell unless they're rotting. I don't right, think. Right, But that catnip, that was an attractive nuisance.
1: <laughs> uh, tomatoes, on the other hand, she'll knock a she'll knock a tomato off the counter so that it bursts open, and then she'll <laughs> and then she'll lick it oh, to death. I love yeah. her. <laughs> uh, enough about cupcake. We've got some throw your phone moments. Um, do you want to take a couple of them now, Anne?
2: Yeah, we've got a couple that we could talk about right now. Um, A couple of ones that made me laugh from Kirsten. She says, by the way is currently my least favorite phrase and the one most overused by Luke. And I was thinking about that in context of this week, which felt kind of all over the place. Like I was having such a hard time taking notes this week because there were so many by the way moments. Mm hmm. Like, we're talking about Wendy's Twitter, and then we're talking about customer complaints, and now we're talking about movies, and now we're talking about Wendy's again. And it's all through this, by the way, thing that Luke just tosses off. (laughs) So that was a great observation. And then the slightly more complicated one from Ellen, who says, can we please discuss Luke's use of the term club banger? Luke seems to use it in relation to any song he likes. For example, yesterday, right. twelve six. while worrying about David's judgment of his music, he mentioned that there were some club bangers by Fleetwood Mac and Van Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Hallelujah he Hallelujah is a real <laughs> club banger, too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he referred to... Built to spill that way once, which I think of as the opposite of a club banger. What kind of clubs has Luke been going to? I'm just imagining a large number of people standing around, lightly swaying and softly mumbling to themselves. <laughs> they do club make Club Emptier. Emo clubs. Club <laughs> emptier.
1: Like that. Uh Fleetwood Max Rumors, probably one of the greatest albums ever made. Oh yeah. Amazing. Uh, no club bangers on that album. No.
0: I, I went to a lot of clubs when I was in my teens and twenties. Never heard, never heard anything <laughs> off rumors. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I think he just likes the term. He really likes the term "club bangers," and he went from using it in an ironic sense to now he's just using it. So.
0: <laughs> the by the way thing wouldn't bother me as much if he didn't often say "bt dubs."
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that Not led great. to
0: another throw your phone moment, right? The his his uh, slang, his his Aaron Masoning of the language. Didn't we get <laughs> well, one yeah, yesterday want, about that?
2: Do you want to talk about that one now?
0: Absolutely, yes.
2: Yeah, from Farron, who says, Jep, trubs, spesh pubs." Can Luke use whole words? I was thinking let go, <laughs> but Thursday's discussion of words people have to try too hard to use, like cool kids. Or are too old to use it all? Was too much lack of self awareness for any one podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, Monday's show might have been three hours and ten minutes if they had used complete words.
2: <laughs> well, I just kept thinking, um, stop trying to make fetch happen, Luke.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. I I shouldn't have said the guys on this one. It's it's all Luke on the shortening. Of words yeah, that's true. For no that's particular true. reason.
1: Yeah, no. Andrew uses a whole word, then doubts himself on the definition of that word, and it turns into a 20-minute tangent.
0: Or he'll use a word like uh, bohemoth or leviathan.
1: <laughs> hey, leviathan has made it into the lexicon, <laughs> just like Monday's show is a le- is a leviathan.
0: Oh, oh boy. <laughs>
1: Uh, One more note before we jump into our weekend Review, and I hadn't written it on the run sheet, but I think we can do this safely now. All of us at Little Red Bandwagon owe a huge thank you to Bob Stein for sending us a taste of Philadelphia uh, to each and every one of us. We received care packages over the last week and a half or so, and we couldn't mention it on the recap last week because we were all keeping mum about what was in them until everyone got theirs. And, well, as... Previously documented on this show, the United States Postal Service hates Christy. <laughs> uh, and so we didn't want to brag about all the great stuff that Bob sent us until everyone had a chance. But there were some authentic Philly peanut chews, um, some delicious soft pretzels, which I annihilated. Um, we had I'm some. really jealous
0: of that aspect of it because um, my mine had mold. By the time I got the package, you seemed to get the package like 10 seconds after Bob mailed it. Yes. Then like two or three days later, I got mine. And then a month and a half later, Christy got hers. So <laughs> I can only imagine the state of the delicious pretzels by the time it got to, to Christy. But there was a little bit of mold on mine and it was so disappointing because I really wanted to eat those pretzels.
1: I mean, I didn't stop. I, I ate them so quickly. There might have been a little mold on them. But I just didn't... <laughs> right.
0: I should have I, just opened the package in the dark and eaten it. <laughs> that would have been fine. Uh,
1: yeah, I think living closer to Bob than the rest of you did me a, a solid there. And also, temperature-wise, yeah. it was pretty cold from when he sent it to when yeah, I got yeah. it. So I had a little refrigeration effect versus Texas. Although you got snow this week, so...
0: Well, we got, well one. we got snow that lasted for five hours or so. <laughs> well, but it was amazing. It was beautiful.
1: We got snow yesterday, so... I think we're all finally getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Bob, thank you for that. That was very kind. There were some Her's potato chips in there as well uh, and some tasty cakes, a couple of different varieties of tasty cakes. So we really got the the Philly experience.
0: I was surprised how good those chips were. Yeah. I mean, they were really like flavorful, but not over seasoned. I don't know. I got the sour cream and onion ones. I don't know if you guys got those, but but uh, I would I would purchase those if they were available in my neighborhood.
1: You can find them here occasionally. You gotta find them at the right store at the right time. They're not big here, but once in a while, they they creep up. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, you ready? For, <laughs> you ready for this Monday? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, there's no going back.
0: Okay. Uh, twenty-five, twenty-five. More is less. Truer words were never spoken. Luke is in Bellingham. He uh, does a weight check at the top of the program. Carrie is in the other room, uh, very sick. Uh, Andrew, thankfully, won't allow Luke to change the name of the No Point. Uh, he wants to change it to the No Point Conversation. Which no, this was
2: a terrible idea.
0: It's, it would be a good name for the podcast in general on Monday. But but we yeah, we shouldn't change No Point Conversion unless we change it to the to the um, name that I originally suggested which is TBTL Extra Pointless Um, Luke accidentally sends a shitty email to Nate Toby. by (laughs) he puts a period and then (laughs) then says like a week ago a period (laughs) another period (laughs) how how did that happen he's just autocorrect but I don't see how autocorrect puts a period in there because when you do voice to text or voice to whatever i mean you say period so you either said it or you typed it Autocorrect never puts periods in do they i mean i don't, I don't know. understand how Autocorrect is responsible for this
2: maybe he maybe he double tapped on the space
0: oh it does it puts in a period if you double tap space yeah uh huh oh okay All right, then I guess I believe it because, yeah, it is a shitty, it's a shitty tone when you put a period and then you say a week ago because that's how you read it in that, Mm -hmm. in that, uh, in that tone. Um, He confesses to rereading email if it's to, if it's important, which I guess his emails to Andrew are not important, so he never rereads those. Uh, I think I've done that a little bit. Like if someone doesn't get back to me quickly or, you know, sometimes I'll like, did I really send that or is it still in drafts and, and then I'll I'll read it or whatever. But Luke seems to, like his Twitter account, he seems to want to curate his email. <laughs>
2: I totally reread my people. emails. Do you reread I, the ones you send? Yeah, because I get paranoid that I didn't say something that I meant to say Uh and then I have to go back and check it. Or sometimes, you know what, if it was a really good email where I said something funny, I want to reread it and be like, yeah, that was good.
1: Around the holidays, I like to take old emails and just write a new intro to them and then put them back out into the world to save myself work. (laughs) Uh, That's
0: a pretty good spoof. Uh, they decide that they like foreign rappers because they sound smarter, uh, rapping in French or a British accent or German or whatever.
2: Okay, guys.
0: Um, there's someone named uh, Margaret at uh, APM who is archiving TBTL, and I uh, does this have anything to do? Can we help this person? And what? How do you understand what she's? doing? Because she said they're missing shows or something?
2: I would assume that it's nothing like what we're doing with the concept of archiving. I assume it's just maintaining an actual copy of every show on some server somewhere. Mm -hmm. And they just have a bunch that didn't get archived. I mean, TBTL is just such a different animal from all the other shows that they have there. I mean, archiving five a week instead of one a week, I could see how you could lose some some things, but that's yeah. nothing that we would assist with. I mean, right. they can get the files off the internet.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just when I heard the word ar- archiving and I, and and they were confused about something, I'm like, "Can we help? I mean, is there anything we can do?" But it's nothing I'm willing to lift a finger to do. So
2: no, no, of course
1: not. <laughs> bring bring <laughs> me a 10th anniversary show date, and we'll talk.
0: Oh, oh
2: my God, no, yes. kidding. <laughs>
0: that's a that's a hot mess right now yeah um the uh andrew talks about how in the early days of his relationship with genevieve how he would uh, compose emails on his home computer put it on a disk and then go into work or and 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 print it out and send it to Ar- Ar- I lost track of it, but what it put me in, in mind of is with my early relationship with uh, Emily when I was in Seattle and she was in Austin. She was two hours ahead of me and she likes to go to bed early to begin with. So I wouldn't get a chance to talk to her that much on the phone before she would go to bed. So a lot of our uh, relationship for the first several months was just me writing emails to her um, after she went to bed and before I went to bed and uh not to brag but they were pretty well written um sometimes sometimes funny sometimes you know lovey-dovey and all that and i considered at one point as a gift to her for some anniversary or christmas or something like that putting all that together in some sort of um hard copy form but then uh i realized how much work it would be and i, I lost <laughs> interest in doing it but
2: (laughs) i'm sure she has a file somewhere with all this stuff
0: (laughs) i know i came really close to doing it
2: you could call it the courtship of emily cullen
0: it really was because i am i am uh i'm not a handsome man i'm not uh i'm not a particularly successful person but uh a kid can write so um you know that's what gets me in the door but um, I guess that would be sort of high-siding if I kept celebrating that <laughs> over and over again.
1: Uh, I think you've earned it. Yeah, I guess yeah. so.
0: But uh, it's all lost to the ages now because it was all out of my Comcast account, which after um, I moved here and Comcast doesn't exist in Texas, they, uh, after a month they deleted all of my email.
2: Oh.
0: No. Yeah. Which I thought was really stupid because just because I'm not a subscriber to your cable system anymore, because I can't be, I'm I'm still using your your email as my home page and you can advertise to me there. You can count me as, you know, in your in your numbers to your stockholders or whatever. So I thought it was really short sighted of them to shut down my email and it, it erased a lot of stuff, cool stuff that I had in my email with no warning. Thanks, Comcast. Hmm. Anyway, we got to move it along. Um,
1: Sorry, I just—it's so shitty. It's so rare to hear such bad customer service from a cable company. <laughs>
0: I know, I know, a a bad surprise from a cable company. <laughs> Who would have thought that would happen? Uh, we get a pup date about Theo. Andrew slept on the floor. Um, Luke make, makes a Siddhartha reference, which I wasn't expecting at all. <laughs> But he has been doing a lot of reading since he's uh, he started doing Livewire. So he knows I the guess, author
1: uh, of Sidharth is not going to be on Livewire anytime soon, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, Luke, this is the this is the the I'm sorry, what moment of the week? Luke heckled, um, at a movie and not not uh, not at Rush Hour Three. Uh, he heckled. Three billboards outside, what's it, Ebbing, Missouri? I can't yep. remember that. I cannot
2: <laughs> believe this. I can't believe he would do this.
0: It's an art house movie.
2: If I um, was Carrie, I would have been out of there. I would have been like, you enjoy yes. yourself, but I am not staying here for this because I would be so uncomfortable and so angry with him for behaving like this.
0: Yeah. The art house heckling, I mean, in in austin there's a there's really only one art house theater and the heckling there consists of us olds who just talk to each other like who is that guy again was <laughs> was, was, was he i thought he was a good guy uh, i th- i think I saw her on a, on some t v show i mean that's that's why Emily and I don't go uh out to the movies except to the Alamo Drafthouse house where they will execute you for, for talking or looking at your phone or whatever. Like Emily will not, will not make an appearance at a regular movie theater anymore. Just, she's been spoiled. And, and to me, to some extent as well. Um, I don't know, but, uh, the, I can't believe, I can't believe this happened. I can't, and I can't believe he thought that she was squeezing his hand because, he he thought oh good one
2: (laughs) she appreciated all his good spoofs oh my god
0: yeah emily would have left she would have left me in my wheelchair and she would have driven home (laughs) i would have had to uh, call some sort of uh wheelchair assistance um city service to get home um uh, Luke, they think it's because Luke hates uh, obvious fiction, like um, uh, like very like stage play type movies. But then he admits to liking Mamet. So it's it was a very long, super long. I think is the word I used in my notes. Conversation about a movie that uh, Emily has seen, but I haven't seen, and probably ninety percent of the audience has not seen. Have either of you seen this movie?
2: No, no, mm-mm.
0: okay, well, Emily heard, said it was good, and i I trust I, her.
1: I've heard mixed reviews of it, actually, um uh, uh-huh. but I think a lot of that is what you expect when you go into it. I think you just can't uh, the whole suspension of reality thing they're taking it a little too seriously. sometimes a movie's just a movie, yeah, yeah, right,
0: yeah, you can either lose yourself in it or or sit there and watch it and keep your fucking mouth shut well (laughs) this
2: revelation that luke has that he's not into fiction that andrew points out to him i was like is he the only one that didn't realize this he Mm -hmm. always (laughs) picks apart any kind of i mean how many times have we sat through him telling us that the part of game of thrones he doesn't like is the part with the dragons he just likes the court politics the stuff that approaches sort of reality uh-huh. Uh, he always craps all over fiction.
0: Yeah, yeah. It they they could have they could have just left it there, but then you know they they had a, that long discussion of the movie, uh, which led to Andrew saying that he likes Broadchurch just for the universe, even though the show sucks uh, from the second season on. I can see that. I mean, some sometimes you just are so in on something like when I was a like, kid at least. Anything that was about sports, I would watch it and and love it. And then, you know, in the in looking back on some of these things like the second season of The White Shadow or The Fish That Save Pittsburgh, um, you know, they weren't good. They weren't good. But I I just was happy anybody was doing anything about sports. And in the broad church, I think I've seen some of it and it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know? So you're just like, all right, these idiots, I love where they live. So I'm going to watch what's going on.
2: (laughs) Well, and Andrew's right that the first season of Broadchurch was pretty amazing. It was really Uh good. And then the second season definitely had its moments, but it was more problematic.
0: Now, it's it's about the murder police in, in that town, right?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it reminds me of Cabot Cove. I think I've I've sat <laughs> next to Emily while she's watching this. And I'm like, this is half the people in this town have been murdered in the last twenty minutes. You know, <laughs> this is not a town for me. Murder rate too high.
1: It is always well, amazing that the FBI hasn't opened uh, a branch office in
2: Cabot Cove. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they wouldn't be wasting their time. You know, it saved them a lot of airfare.
2: Let's be fair to church, It's only one person that dies in that.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, where are we here? Uh, Andrew's enjoying TV now more that he doesn't have to take cigarette breaks. Um, that that makes sense because mm-hmm. he used to not get invested in things because he knew he would be walking out for for ten minutes. Uh, Luke watches trash TV because he has no expectations for it. So he's not disappointed by it. And uh, yeah, I have to say those uh, HGTV shows. Oh boy, are those garbage. The wound care, the only real exposure I've got is from staying in a hotel room and accidentally landing on it for 10 minutes or the wound care place I went to for my first uh, stump date. Um, It was always for some reason on, on HGTV and that's a—it's such a bunch of garbage. You can sniff it out in like five minutes. You know, it's no Shark Tank. I'll tell you that.
2: <laughs> well, I don't understand how he can say that he doesn't like fiction and then watches all the HGTV shows because they're totally fiction. <laughs> right, right,
0: right. Yeah,
1: you're destroying um, his reality. Don't do that. Let's sorry. not break him. He's already in the middle of a midlife crisis. Let's not break him. Uh,
0: top story is skipped. That was for you, Anne. Um, Thanks. So they're they're going to talk about the demolition at some other time. We get the grind update. He's on a twenty four hour fast. He's low carbonate and he's uh, exercising uh, again. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know how he. I don't know. Okay, I'm not even going to get into it. We don't. We, there's plenty more time of the week to get into his his weird shit. Uh, the McQuillans. Get a shout out. They're the donors of the day. Aiden and yep. Will. Although I don't I don't think Will Will listens to DBTL anymore. I think he just listens to our show. So here's our shout out about their shout out. Um, <laughs> but if you want to go listen to Monday, don't listen to the whole thing. Just fast forward to donors of the day.
2: I, I did like that um they spent some time kind of pondering whether Will and Aiden could be related cuz they do have the same <laughs> last name and they well, are from the same place and they're just and about They do the look right exactly age. alike. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> One's taller and that's really about it. Yeah. Um the uh emails and voicemails are skipped which I know Anne's probably even more excited about that mm-hmm. happening. But yep. just imagine if they had done emails, voicemails, and Top Story, we would be looking at a four-hour show. So I think today, on Monday, I forgive them.
2: No, I don't forgive nope. them.
0: You never Stop forgive talking
2: them? about a movie sans spoilers <laughs> that nobody else has seen for 45 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, but where did he meet his
0: wife? <laughs> you know how did he meet
2: she is way too attractive and british, british to girl. be with that Missouri sheriff,
0: yeah, yeah, but he was on cheers though, so he's got a it lot does of make money. me
2: want to
1: go to a law enforcement conference
0: <laughs> a law enforcement conference that's fantastic <laughs> um luke this is this is probably the best tangent of the week because it comes out of nowhere and goes nowhere. He respects duck flight. Because they seem to be working harder than than the other
2: birds. <laughs> oh, let me put the throw your phone in from Mackenzie that we got. She says, okay. "When ducks fly," sung to some <laughs> prince song or other. Seriously, ducks are doing just fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they're all right. They're all right. Uh, Lim made uh, some cover art like uh the in the style of Zagran Evans in the year 2525 and they so they go out with that uh song um boy do i hate that era of music and that <laughs> style of music i really hate it
1: more than most
0: uh yeah yeah not more than world music or um uh what's what's the <laughs>
2: the Kronos quartet <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm actually more okay with Chrono's Quartet than I am with um, bluegrass uh, music. Yeah. Uh, anything with a banjo, I'm out. Um, but uh, yeah, it's up there. Um, they start the no-point conversion uh, with Luke being, I think he was wrong on the Seahawks, this being the first time they were underdogs um, at home in such and such years, because I think they were underdogs to Atlanta a few weeks earlier, small underdogs to atlanta so we start off the no point conversion on a on a wrong note um offensive line is decent the young players are stepping up like the green lanterns um out in the forest i don't know i don't know the green lantern but the, yeah the young players are stepping up um david compares the young players to dread pirate roberts which yes is that was I better that was funnier mm-hmm. <laughs> right right because uh because it just doesn't matter who, who's in the who's in the uniform. They're playing well. Mike Davis, the new young uh, running back, is good on, on screen passes and loves Tupac because he wore, wears a bunch of Tupac stuff for the post-game interview. I'm mad about Mike Davis because, um, Bobby, I had him in our uh, Dynasty League a mm-hmm. few years ago. I saw him in a preseason game. I thought, this guy's fantastic. And then he never, ever, ever – Ever, ever, ever played. So I cut him, and now here he is.
1: So fuck, that's how that usually works.
0: Coaches, <laughs> fuck the coaches at San Francisco. And okay, uh, Russell Wilson's fashion is on point, which uh, usually is. I guess he was going out to some uh, some event afterwards and was really looking good. And I'm sure he said "Go Hawks" at the end of um, whatever the interview was that the guys saw, because that's his trademark. If he doesn't, it seems like if he doesn't say "Go Hawks," he's gonna like his head's gonna explode or something. Because sometimes he'll like duck his head back in after he's already walking away. It's like, Go Hawks! <laughs> it's, it's odd.
1: His publicist pounded that into him when he got signed. And <laughs> right? it's just stuck.
0: Right, it, like if he ever is playing for another team, he's gonna he's gonna make a mistake like we all do when we say the, uh, the San Diego Chargers these days or the St. Louis Rams. He's gonna be doing an interview from his, you know, a post game when he's a quarterback at Jacksonville in his late thirties and he's gonna lean back in and say, Go hawks and then you're gonna hear him say fuck for the first time in his life. Uh the lateral
1: to, is discussed. He's gonna have to tweet a lot of Bible verses to make up for that. And I don't wanna talk about laterals. <laughs> I can't Luke. They usually never call forward laterals. Yeah, fuck that.
0: Yeah, the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks got the calls, uh, yeah. and they have been getting some calls this year, which is good because they're they're just a slightly above average team, and we actually need the calls. This year, um, they discussed a the future schedule. Jacksonville this week, and uh, um, who's who's starting? Yo Gabba Gabbard? Oh, Arizona is <laughs> is coming up uh, yes. the the week after this. <clears throat> the overreactor underreactor dynamic uh i this one kind of hit home with me because um you know they're talking about how when you're watching a game if, if everyone can't be at 11 all the time so while david's getting worked up about something luke's got to you know calm be calm and and uh, you know sort of make excuses for the team or whatever and it and I'm a pretty obnoxious football fan when I'm watching with people. Um but the one time I was watching a football game with Luke when I was at his house and we were watching the Huskies, they were playing Arizona State on the road, which is where usually where a lot of bad things happen to us. We lost this year again at Arizona State. It doesn't matter how good their team is, we almost always lose to Arizona State on the road. Um I blame myself for Luke's behavior in some ways because I, I brought over a bottle of gin to oh, no. um, the Mount Baker. And that was back when he was drinking gin. Um, But you know, it was like housewarming, you know, <laughs> here you go. Have some gin. And you know, I had like one drink and he had the rest of the bottle. And by the end of the game, he, you know, he was in full fan mode And it ended super terribly like the Huskies were winning and uh, all they had to do was keep Arizona state from driving the length of the field in like less than four seconds and they couldn't do it. And Luke went absolutely batshit and said, you know, he was throwing out like gay slurs about the team and the coaches and what they were doing to each other in the locker room, you know, like Penn state type activities. And I I was silent. <laughs> I was amused in some ways, but I was silent. Um uh his girlfriend mortified. <laughs> she was mm. I mean she I think she would have been she would have just walked out of the room and and wouldn't have witnessed most of it uh if I hadn't been there, you know, and the mummy and his his girlfriend at the time were there too, but um but she was mortified. So I was not during this game as it got more intense toward the end and and Luke got drunker. Um I got calmer <laughs> because I'm like I can't feed this fire. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the other end of, you know, of this awful awful thing. So you know, he he apologized later and and uh <laughs> it was a it was just a very it's a very awkward night, and and it was it really showed that dynamic because when I watch Husky games, I get pretty worked up if there are other people in the room, but not that night. So, um, the time shift for the Seahawks game, the moving to the afternoon means that uh, means that David and Andrew get to watch the Browns game.
1: Yay! Oh, yay. <laughs>
0: This might be the only chance that they have for a win this year cuz they got Green Bay with their backup quarterback. So I'm I'm rooting for them big time and I think this this might be their chance.
1: I think it would be too easy for them to go undefeated uh <laughs> 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 They're going to win. They're going to win one game. Uh It's
0: hard to go unfeated.
1: Yeah. They they're, they're going to win I'm one. I'm in a game. wheelchair
0: all the time. It sucks.
1: Mike's 0-2 with feet.
0: Right. Um, <laughs> Byron Maxwell gets a double bird from Luke during the game. Um, they They reach out to Carrie to see if she wants to come talk about Luke's bad behavior during the football game, but she passes. She's too sick. This is really charming. Rudy loves David and always wants to play. Her excited noises were just so charming when she sees David, David must really indulge Rudy with a lot of play. So, because it doesn't strike me that, um, Luke or Carrie, uh, do a lot of fetching and, and fun stuff with, with Rudy. Uh, Susie is a big fan of the Seahawks, but often confused as to who has the ball, what color the uniforms are, um, whether, who, whether certain, People or teams are, are playing that day.
1: We but, know for sure, though, yeah. that Russell has eyes like a hawk.
0: He has eyes like a hawk, which was a comment that she made while the defense was on the field for some reason. <laughs> he,
1: it's the I, way he uh, uses those eyes on his Microsoft Surface brand tablet. <laughs>
0: surface tablet yeah, as he's reviewing the plays that have, have just happened while he actually was on the field. Uh, I would love to get some screenshots of that Hawk Squad text group, um, especially anything involving Susie. Uh, Andrew admits to winding Vives up over uh, body heat. Now we're 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 pretty much tangenting along at this point. We're in the, in the third hour. Body Heat's a great movie. Andrew, don't fucking ruin it for Veeves. It's it's an amazing movie. So either sit and watch it. I mean, I do this to Emily too, though. Like uh the uh, Outlander, the show that she watches, it's kind of a, you know, sexy, like Scottish time travel, you know, it's it's some bullshit. And I think she knows it's some bullshit, but I'll I'll walk in and make some comments. And, and she's genuinely mad at me about the comments that I made. I don't know why. Cause kill you. Hilarious. I would
2: kill you <laughs> if you did that.
0: And the theme song to that thing is horrendous. It's the oh, worst.
2: It is not. It's a lovely theme song.
0: It's the worst. We're gonna. It's I, an we Irish need to,
2: folk song or a Scottish folk song.
0: We need to put this up and and vote on it. <laughs> is it horrible or good?
2: You're just jealous. I, that You don't look like Jamie Fraser.
0: If I look like Jamie Fraser, I'm, yeah, I I would be, I would let let go and let God with everything. I but I'm a bitter, legless man. So so I make snarky comments about uh, Outlander. Um, they talk about Walter sauntering in and harumphing at television and sports. He just doesn't sound like outside of Lord of the Rings there's anything that he wants to sit still for. And I understand that. I had a roommate um, after I got out of college in D.C. And I don't think he's ever seen a movie all the way through or even a 30 minute television show. We had this crappy little TV in our in our apartment and uh he would he would come in and I'd be watching something he'd sit down watch it for a couple minutes and then he would leave. And he didn't smoke. He just could not do it. So Walter seems to be one of those. Um Luke doesn't understand the playoff picture at all. That's not surprising. They use R words again, which now now that it's stuck in my head uh, I think they're saying retards. Um, the Hawks are compared to an old dude in a pickup game, which is pretty apt. I mean, they have a lot of experience in big games and stuff, and they seem to, to a lot of times get things done that you don't think they can get done because they know themselves. Um, they they talk about Otani, the Japanese player who the Mariners did not get. He went to the Angels.
1: Yeah, sorry, Mariners fans. If you're not concerned about this, you should be. Yeah, your, man. Your division just got one step closer to annihilating you before the season even starts.
0: Yeah, we're in third place before the season even starts. Yeah. Thank God for Oakland and their cheap asses. Because <laughs> they, they're always a threat to finish last. Um, They don't know if there's a salary cap in baseball. Oh, oh are they? Um, Andrew doubts that Asian players... Uh, are any good. I guess he hasn't been, been I, I he hasn't watched any baseball in the last 20 years except for the Mariners post-Itro. So, yeah, there are a lot of really good Japanese players in the major leagues now. So, the talent does translate. Um, trust the scouts. Felix is fat. He's, you know what, he's always, how he's always been a little bit on the heavy side. I remember when they first drafted him, uh, one of the uh, Mariners beat writers went to Venezuela to interview him and they talked about, he ha- he was eating a bowl of spaghetti during the interview and he looked, and I was like, oh God, we got a fatty, but somehow he, he's got slim enough to, to have himself a hall of fame career, but uh, bless his heart, let him have well, his fucking bowl of spaghetti like- and, and be the fifth starter.
2: It's not like he has to shag fly balls in the outfield or anything. He's just standing in one place for the whole game.
0: There are plenty of fat pitchers, they that do fine. Maybe he can yeah. settle into that uh, Bartolo Colon groove and you know, eat his way to fifty in in the major leagues. If he could only switch to left handed, he could probably pitch until he's a 100- hundred. Um, Luke loves and trusts Ichiro, so he wants he wanted them to sign Ichiro, so Ichiro could convince Otani to come in. Um, Cause that's all, not going to
1: happen. All Asian ballplayers, you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's Oriental, Bobby. Um, Tiger Woods is discussed uh, on this show, as well as every other show in the world history of the world. Um, NHL might be coming to town. We've been teased about this one for a long time, but um but this time it it might actually be real if the owners would just build the stadium and quit asking people for money. Well to build the,
1: it. the NHL approved the next step in the process after this conversation on Monday. Um late earlier excuse me, later in the week. So it is one step closer. It's close enough where ESPN has started launching polls asking people what the Seattle hockey team should be called. And Sasquatches mm. is a lead lead contender. Yeah.
0: It's, it's too, it's too many syllables.
1: Well, think... you, you would call them the Squatches. <laughs> That's, I mean, it sounds it's... too
0: much like Swatches.
1: <laughs> it would be a great sponsorship opportunity. The official Squatch <laughs> swatch of the NHL.
0: Oh God. We're, and then, and then the segment is the Squatch Watch Watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, we've got to finish this. Let's see. The Huskies are in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, they can't be in the Rose Bowl because they're not in the fucking playoff, which Luke wanted them to be in the Rose Bowl, and he wanted them to get there by losing, but by losing, they didn't. They don't get to play in the Rose Bowl. I hope someday he'll understand that. The Cougs are in the Holiday Bowl for – they seem to be in the Holiday Bowl every – time they're decent um they get to the holiday bowl and play a ridiculously high scoring game josh gordon is back from his 25th weed suspension good for him weed should not be suspendable um and then uh they acknowledge that uh or at least luke wants to filibuster And they talk about how the radio shows used to be three hours long, which um, I think David points out that there was really only about 34 minutes of content per hour. So um, so there's really no reason to actually go three hours.
1: Less if news happens or there's a Sounders game.
0: Right, right. If it's nasty out there, there's a dumpster fire. There was less of the show.
2: Well, I've archived a lot of old radio shows now. And so I've seen all the timestamps. And if they had the... Full complement of sponsors and everything. It was usually between one fifty five and two
0: o five. Yeah, okay. Okay. So right yeah, yeah. It was forty some minutes. I, mm-hmm. I remember that because of the the interviews that I did. It was it was about forty two to forty four minutes per hour. That that that's the way it got chopped up. Um, for some reason, the dilly dilly uh, commercials are growing on Luke. Um, I don't know. They're not growing on me unless you count it. You know, like fungus on a pretzel. Uh, they are not growing on me.
1: Expected to be a part of the lexicon for a decade. This is going to be the Budweiser frogs of twenty seventeen.
0: God help us. They're really they're really going for it. Um, Tony Rizzo is using it unironically. Uh, I heard a lot of skips on Monday. I don't know if you guys did, but if. If uh, if it, if it wasn't just me hearing those skips, that actually wasn't a three hour show. It'd be closer to like two fifty five because there were at least three or four skips, and they were like um, they would take me back a minute or two. Hmm. So, you guys didn't notice any skips on Monday.
1: I didn't. I did not.
0: Okay, it was just me. Uh, I love the end of the show. I'm beaten up on this show a little bit, but I love the end of the show because Rudy is going. But nuts, <laughs> <laughs> and I just you know I wanted to, to jump jump through my phone and and hug that dog because uh, she's just just so charming in her clumsy um, nut punching way. <laughs> That's it for Monday, guys. I, I, I <laughs> sorry Woo. about
2: that. Do we need to take a break or something?
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a quick <laughs> intermission. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Said to Tuesday, number 2526, pouring gasoline on the hilarity fire. Um, Andrew's friends have kind of weighed in on the three billboards discussion and they all disliked it, uh, leaving Andrew as the only person he knows who actually liked it. Luke asked if Andrew actually did get irritated for a moment during the discussion yesterday, and Andrew confesses that he does just because Luke would not let go of the whole how did that woman get to be with that man point I I caught that fixated on that
0: (laughs) I caught that when he was he was like dude
2: (laughs) yeah yeah totally yep um when Andrew said that they met at a law enforcement con um conference Luke (laughs) actually legitimately thought that Andrew was joking so he said he poured gasoline on that hilarity fire uh which is there's
0: no one blameless in that it it was no may have been saying it seriously but it was a stupid idea (laughs)
1: It was a funny, stupid idea, though. I stand by that. <laughs> right, right. Right.
2: Luke decides that he wants to hear a Gimlet podcast, specifically a Gimlet podcast of all of somebody's exes brought together to retell their stories of being with this person, I guess. Which puts How Luke... much would
0: you have to hate a person to do that to them? I mean, if you guys did that to me, I would never talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, Awful. Said...
2: The bridges have already been burned at that point, right? You're not with that person anymore. You're not friends anymore. You might as well be on a podcast talking about how they screwed oh. up your relationship. Well, to
1: be but, fair, um, Mike, not all of us have deserted a wife who had to divorce us in absentia.
0: Well, ironically, she's the one who would probably talked best about me. We're still friends.
1: <laughs> so what you're saying is we should have Emily on if we want someone to talk shit about you.
0: Talk. Talk trash, yeah, I have her
2: own. Well, speaking of exes that one still has a decent relationship with, uh, Luke retells his Nicola-proof password story <laughs> where she hacked into his MySpace page but then felt bad and changed everything back before he even saw it. And so he came up with the password that she couldn't crack thinking, oh, yeah, I'll for sure remember this and then doesn't. And Andrew uh, says, yeah, that's just a thing, right? Where you're like, yes, I'm totally going to remember this about anything, like where you put something or what you did or whatever. And then a day or two later, nothing, nothing. I it's have those moments it's all totally the, time.
0: the perfect example of hoisted on your own petard.
2: <laughs> yes. I um, got her.
0: She'll never get in there. Well, no, you'll never get in there. <laughs> she doesn't even care anymore.
2: Uh, Luke says that he is proud. He's trained himself out of saying as per usual. Unfortunately, I have trained myself into saying as per usual as a result (laughs) of this discussion. (laughs) He brings up this topic on Livewire where they uh, ask the audience questions, and it was words we have misused. Luke tells this story of when he was very young and working at KUOW and saying in a big meeting, Um, the term cast dispersions instead of cast aspersions and some very nice person took him aside afterwards and just gently corrected him and he got really defensive and insisted that she was wrong and he was right and then had um, an unfortunate comeuppance about it. Andrew says that he used nonplussed wrong for a long time because he just didn't know the meaning that's a really common one that i've never fallen into i i didn't know that that was a thing until recently but i guess it is
0: i stay away from it because it's confusing i I, I find other ways to to convey that thought
2: Mm -hmm. andrew has talked about this one before about his misuse of cathartic versus catatonic which is really a pretty bad one that's yeah, that's terrible. embarrassing. <laughs> that's I terrible. i had a I had a roommate in college who, she, I don't know, she was trying to be fancy, and so instead of saying, I cursed at someone, you know, or I used a swear word, she would say I used an explicative, as in that driver <laughs> cut me off, and so I just yelled an explicative at him, and I was like. You mean expletive every time. Explicative means something totally different. But I The I most common one that correct.
0: that I hear all the time because Emily watches all these murder shows and cop shows and stuff like that. Um people talk about uh what they found in the center council of the car. <laughs> Drives me <laughs> right fucking nuts.
2: Ah uh, Uh, Luke is pissed at Alex Trebek again, going on with words that do not mean what you think they mean, Luke, because Trebek defined the word gauche as awkward. However, if you look it up in the dictionary, it's socially awkward, which Luke thinks is a um, is a cheap thing because that totally changes it when you take out the word socially. Um, I would say, Luke, it still doesn't mean tacky. Even if you do that. So you're wrong either way. And then he gets mad about it
0: was obnoxious. If someone was gauche, like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's the way Uh, I, I, but it's not a word that I would dust off and use very often. Oh, yeah. If you catch
0: me using that, just slap me.
1: Yeah. Oh, how gauche. It sounds pretty gauche (laughs) to use
2: it. Yeah. Gauche is about behavior. Tacky is about style and physical being. Yeah, you're right um luke is takes a moment to be upset about the jeopardy format of answers and questions he's like why don't you just call them questions and answers and i'm like luke you're kind of missing the point Uh, also he's upset about trebek's insistence and this is something a scenario he's created entirely out of whole cloth in his brain uh about trebek using the alternate Pronunciation of Mako shark ver- versus Mako shark uh, about how there must have been some meeting with the producers where Trebek said, uh, it's Mako. And the producer's like, um, why don't you just say it the way that we want you to say it? But then Trebek just <laughs> had to get it in there. Um, I went on a little hunt, and either way is fine, as Jane Strauss, the grammar lady, used to say. It's Mako and Mako are equally correct. The like pronouncer on the Oxford Dictionary is Mako, and the pronouncer on the Merriam-Webster is Mako. So, And uh, the although... pronouncer on the
0: Pete Rhodes website is Mako. Better get <laughs> Mako.
2: Yes, exactly. The, the, and there are two kinds of Mako slash Mako sharks, and they are a subtype of something called a mackerel shark. So I'm thinking that Mako might actually be correct. Luke. But anyway, he's upset about that for a while. Uh, Andrew says, but won't you just miss Trebek a little bit when he's gone? And Luke admits admits that yes, that half the enjoyment of watching Jeopardy comes from when you pull an answer out of your butt that none of the contestants knows about, and the other half of the enjoyment comes from hating on Trebek. I don't know. I think Trebek is pompous, but I think he's a good dude. He would never make a mistake like – insisting on an incorrect pronunciation because that would be Bush League for him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally Um, and they decide that they want Ken Jennings to succeed Trebek and they're going to start a campaign for it which I'm sure they'll never talk about ever again
1: (laughs) Ken Jen was on Livewire we were recording on Sunday so last night so I wonder if Luke brought this up because it was hot on his mind
0: are you going to host Jep? Are you ever going to host Jep?
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ken Jen, Jep? Jep with Ken Jen? With is the longest syllable in that name.
2: There's just a weird thing about whether or not Jeopardy was created by Merv Griffin and all the other shows that Merv created, created including Let's Play Post Office. Sounds <laughs> that terrible.
0: sounds kind of dirty. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And Andrew hey. wants to be a game show producer. <laughs> of course he does.
0: Well, he could start by producing uh, TVTL and then move right. on to the game shows.
1: I, Baby steps. I did see an analogy here, though. Uh, Ken Chen succeeding uh, Trebek would kind of be like Andrew taking over as co-host of TBTL. He started out as a 10 Mm-hmm. And then he was a producer nearby, and then he worked his way into t b t l Ken Jen was on Jeff show as a made him rich made him rich, put him into the into the spotlight, created all of his public opportunity it would be a good narrative arc to make Ken Jen the next Jeff ho host. There's no way to shorten <laughs> host
0: he he was at my wedding by the way
1: oh that's right. <laughs> he
2: accepted the invitation to your wedding. right Uh, we finally get to a top story although I really think that there wasn't much there there to this stadium x slash implosions really another visual based story that doesn't have a lot (laughs) to it Um, so they talk about the Pontiac Silverdome which did not explode when they thought it was going to apparently I don't know oh no that was the no, I'm getting confused between my. No, it was, yeah, that it was, was the, the su- one that didn't explode.
0: Right, right, you're right.
2: Even though it was supposed to Luke immediately takes it into a tangent about WrestleMania being held at the Silver Dome and watching Hulk Hogan wrestle Andre the Giant and how Hulk Hogan could barely lift Andre with Andre's assistance. Andrew then of course plays the video because of course he does. It's play a visual video medium. of like nineteen eighty three or whatever WrestleMania
0: yeah that, that added nothing i mean no luke described it and you, we all get the picture we know what andre the giant looks like we know hulk hogan is a big guy but not nearly as big he couldn't quite lift him up and then they play the the video where the announcers describe him not quite being able to lift andre the giant
2: yep then we talk about are the days of news helicopters over because all the footage of this implosion was from drones. But then we find out that there were helicopters. Maybe we'll only have helicopters for highway chases. Maybe we'll have military drones. Then they get on to this TV anchor, this poor TV anchor who is watching the footage live on the air and trying to figure out if anything actually happened. I mean, maybe it did happen, and she just didn't know it. Uh, Luke says she looked like a dingus, but I feel really bad for her because what what is she supposed to do i mean she's not a good vamper, obviously but <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. right this is when a color commentator from sports would just start a long rambling tangent about implosions of his youth and back when the back when implosions were pure before <laughs> before es- right before steroids and uh you know, foreigners came in and ruined the implosions.
2: Well, that would have been a hell of a segment.
0: Came in and took our implosions.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after this, Andrew wants to go back and talk about Hulk Hogan some more and the whole Gawker lawsuit thing. And I really don't want to go back into that. But Andrew rambles for a while about how scared he is about all these deep pocketed people like Peter. What's his face? Peter Thiel politicizing journalis- journalism and coming in and taking down media organizations and it really makes you afraid for uh, the future and the state of journalism then they go on to the implosion of the George Dome which Luke said didn't really need to be imploded because there was absolutely nothing wrong with it when he was there except maybe you know we need more luxury suites and the I think the funniest part what we all thought was the funniest part of this was the weather channel camera shot that got obscured by a bus that just happened to pull up at the exactly wrong or right time. And Andrew and Luke agree quite smartly. I think that if they'd only just put the camera on the other side of the street, then the bus would have come along behind it instead of in front of it. Well, I think it was actually
0: fortunate for this person because there were probably hundreds of cameras trained on the building and, you know, dime a dozen for those for those picks. But this video went viral.
2: That's true. Because
0: yeah. it was goddamn funny.
2: <laughs> and then they decide to skip emails and v-mails. Again, I went back and looked just to, you know, satisfy my own curiosity. The last time they had done emails and v-mails was five shows ago on last Tuesday. So... That's all I'm going to comment on that. And that is the end of Tuesday. You're punishing yourself keeping track of that. I can't help it. It's like picking at a scab. Yeah. But
1: uh, since you didn't form your criticism in the form of a question, uh, it's not going to be counted anyway.
2: What is no fucking emails and V-mails, Alex?
1: <laughs> you lost on Jep. On Wednesday, twenty-five, twenty-seven, north of Chrome River, south of Firmware. Uh, there's no way in from Luke. That's okay. We get a mention of Andrew's meat tent. His tonight meat nope. tent. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder what inspired him to cut that drop into that sequence. I, who's sitting around at home and just suddenly thinks. The meat tent. Let's bring out the meat tent. <laughs> Luke is working on $8,000 worth of expense reports for CBS because he's woefully behind on them. And he is calling Chrissy at CBS every uh, God bless Chrissy. few minutes to uh, walk him through every step of how to do this uh, to the point where they're on a first name, last name basis in the case of Burbank. Um, Andrew defines firmware. For some reason. I don't know why. There's talk of Phil Collins and how he's apparently having a resurgence. This is good news for Meredith. Yes. Yes, it is. Bring back those bald, bald men. Uh, Luke wonders, now that David is living with them, what he thinks of Luke's music in the house. As if Luke had enough
2: reasons to be self-conscious already. You can always add one more reason. I don't think David thinks that much about Luke's music, honestly. My guess is that David is just thrilled to have a part of a house to himself.
1: After growing up at the tail end of living in the Burbank family house. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Andrew quotes Marge Simpson in saying that not caring is the coolest thing you can do. Okay. Uh, And Luke has a memory of singing Easy Lover on the playground as a kid while avoiding the tire affectionately known as the shit pit because someone allegedly (laughs) took a shit in there once. (laughs) That story was more charming than it should have been. Yes, for a story for the shit pit. Um, Andrew counters by remembering singing Like a Virgin around the house, not knowing what a virgin is. (laughs) Uh, And Luke mentions that he stole the Immaculate Collection from Peter Williams' sister, and Walter found it and snapped the CD in half. (laughs) Walter was hardcore. It's
0: very dramatic.
1: Yeah. Oh, what next? Uh, In The Dazzling Donors, we get a conversation about cities in Washington that start with the letter A. I swear to God, the same thing happened last year. I don't remember it, but... Am I the only one who remembers that? Arlington. I feel like that happened last year. Yeah. Algona? Oh, God. (laughs) I'm going to leave it. I don't know any more cities that start with A anywhere. Aberdeen? Uh, uh, Ah. Someone emailed asking how they can stop their donation, uh, but they did it to the general inbox through the
2: website that also goes to Nate Toby. (laughs) (laughs) We really need to start using that inbox more
1: it is quite a threat like we could send an email to luke and andrew and be like read emails on the show or the next one goes to nate right in a
0: very (laughs) shitty tone
1: in a very (laughs) shitty period tone period
0: right (laughs) last week
1: uh the top story is a story from the aviation herald it's about a Delta flight from JFK to Seattle that had to land in Billings because the toilets were full and not flushing. Yuck. Uh, and because uh, passengers had to, quote, go really bad. So the plane landed at Billings Runway 28R. I don't know why that's important, but there's no gate available. In fact, I looked it up. 28R is the longest runway at Billings. It's probably their workhorse runway. That's just my guess. They didn't have a gate available, so they taxied into the cargo apron uh, and ended up being on the ground for three hours before they could take back off because it took that long to get everything resituated. Um, Luke wonders why people couldn't hold it for 45 more minutes, and I would say that it appears a flight from Billings to Seattle is two and a half hours long. That's why. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, I... I can't imagine how shitty it has to be to to divert a flight for that, but what else are you going to do at that point?
2: It's just awful for everyone involved. I uh Well, as I've stated before, I don't go to the bathroom on airplanes because I just find the whole thing just gross. So I don't know. I don't understand it. Luke says that going to the bathroom on a plane breaks up the flight a little bit. I just—it's so unpleasant. Why? Why? I would just rather stay in my seat.
1: I think I'm over the grossness, especially because I tend to drink on flights, so there's no getting around going to the bathroom a couple of times. Well, you just never want to have
0: to. As a as a um, larger person, uh, you never want to have to poop on a plane because you can't get your legs spread wide enough to do it cleanly. God damn it. Yes. Had to do it once and it was a disaster.
1: Um, I have not had terrible luck, thankfully, but um, yeah, there's definitely no best case scenario when that happens. Uh, Luke says that he wants a, his own airplane. Which is the next logical step for someone who owns two boats. And, he's and just, a skateboard. He specifically references the kind that Roy Halliday had, which is ominous, since it killed him.
0: He just crashed, yes.
2: Uh it- I, what I Luke, you dummy. I wanna get the same kind of plane that Roy Halliday died in. What?
1: It's a beautiful plane. It's an Icon A5, and I wanted to ask you guys because I looked it up. What do you think the price tag is on your own Icon A5 per- personal aircraft?
0: Is it a jet or a propeller craft?
1: Uh, it's a propeller craft. It's kind of a super sleek design shape, but it is a propeller. It's a single propeller kind of behind the cabin, and it looks sort of like a glider. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's it's this uh, amphibious million. thing.
0: I, I, I'm going to say $700,000.
1: Really? Okay. And? $2.4 No, you're both way over, actually. This is dangerous. Um, they start at $389,000.
0: Well, th- mm. those are the ones that they ship to you, and then you open the package, and it just inflates itself. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you fly Well oh, that,
0: that that campaign kills me, by the way. The Casper mattress and the, what, the Twig and Berries or one that we got or whatever. What, you know? <laughs> twig and <'cause> Berries. <laughs> they, 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 they tell you, well, if you're not satisfied, you know, send it back. Well, too late. I opened the package and now it's, you know, a fucking mattress. Send it back. Oh, let me just throw a couple stamps on it.
1: Well, that's where stamps.com comes in.
0: That's how they know you'll never you'll never return it because it'll cost more to return it than the fucking thing did in the first place.
1: I hate to shit on your rant. But uh they send people to just come get it.
0: Okay. Well they when the commercial they say send it back. Yeah. Well, okay, let me go to the post office. Let me strap this thing to the roof of my car and go to the post office. How much?
1: Ah. <sighs> I, it would be impressive if you could try to get it back into the... Like, you'd need, like, a pasta machine. You'd have to just squeeze all the air out of it and roll it flat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, we love our Twickenberries king size mattress. So. <laughs> uh, we get an email from an architect who says that Luke's soundproofing of his office was futile. Um, Carrie agrees. <laughs> it has done nothing. <laughs> of course, the problem is he soundproofed the walls, but not the cracks. Um, that's where all the sound was going. Uh, we also get a, a not firefighter, but someone who works for a fire department writing again saying that house fires are indeed down as the guys guessed earlier in the week and then just as a general PSA for smoke alarms. You should have them and they should work. Uh, also, I think
0: fewer people smoke.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And that that's, I mean, come on. Let's face it. That was the main cause of house fires. Yeah, people falling asleep time. with just, cigarettes
1: yeah. and yeah, yeah. Um, Olive is fine We get an update on that because people have wondered That there's been a lack of Olive talk And they were worried <laughs> uh, Theo is not so great And Andrew is still very much worried about Theo But that's an ongoing situation um, And then we get uh, Talk of Salisbury Hill Since we're Phil Collins talk um, Luke thought that Salisbury Hill Was a song from the 90s I I don't know why, but uh, Missy had a great comment on the Facebook page that uh, you can just play Salisbury Hill over any scene of your life and it turns it into a movie trailer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that's it for Wednesday. All right. Thursday, number 2528, Horses Are the Poor Man's Rocket Ship Uh Luke starts the show by suggesting that maybe Andrew needs to have a standard greeting and Andrew suggests maybe Lucy I'm home and they do a test run and it's he does it in such a doleful way that Luke says it's like if Arthur Miller wrote I Love Lucy which would be an interesting show yeah death of a stereotype sorry <laughs> Luke updates us on his ongoing saga of expense reports he got a couple more done with Christy and this morning when he called her she answered the phone by saying Burbank I really I love Christy I think that's great <laughs> um, I think it, Luke's brain must have been turning over this I love Lucy thing and so he goes into the fact that Ricky never actually said that Lucy has some splaining to do which gets them in to talk about the Mandela effect aren't they five years too late on this conversation I mean this was a big topic years ago, specifically yes. the Berenstain Bears thing, went all around the internet and the radio and whatever, and they're just getting to this now? Bravo, I'm pronouncing it
1: correctly, by the way. The Berenstain Bears. Whatever.
2: Here's no, what I have to say to about it. that. Who cares? Who fucking cares <laughs> how it was pronounced? Uh, Darth Vader apparently never says, Luke, I am your father. I think this is really splitting hairs. Because he he doesn't say, Luke, he says, no, no, I am your father. I Really? We're getting all worked up about this? I don't think it matters that much. Also, the whole Sinbad Genie movie, there are three Star Wars quote myths. Again, the Berenstain Bears. The thing that entertained me about this topic was that Luke said that he was wigged out by their hands. So he was never into the Berenstain Bears. And I can totally see what he's talking about with the little wispy fur bits and the claws that is kind of gross Uh, they come back from the break with the imperial march because of the star wars talk and i was just thinking everybody's so into music copyright infringement why has the state of gustav holtz never sued john williams (laughs) over his theft his brazen theft of mars from the planets why don't we talk about that on tbtl there's some more uh Star Wars talk about how the Was that a
0: hot take, Ann? Was that was that was that a musical hot take
2: there? I think it was. Listen, everybody who's not familiar with it, Gustav Holtz, the planets, Mars, the Bringer of War. Go listen to it and tell me that John Williams did not rip off a majority of that piece for the Imperial March.
0: That's a cool name. That's cooler than the Imperial March. The Bringer of War. I am mm-hmm. the one who brings war. <laughs>
1: There are no hot takes about this on TBTL because, and you don't want to hear them talk about this. That would be like me cringing through the Otani
2: conversation on Monday. Oh, no, mm. you're right. You're right. Yeah, I take it all back. Um, Luke has a memory of uh, being in the garage when he was a kid, like 8 or 10 years old, on a 4x4 plank, riding it and pretending that it was a speeder bike from Return of the Jedi, which is really cute. Andrew has a similar memory of riding some sort of fuel tank that he sat on top of, which they do note sounds a lot more like Slim Pickens and Dr. Strangelove than actually something out of Star Wars. I was annoyed during this because Luke kept interrupting Andrew the whole time. He was trying to tell the story, and Luke was interrupting with speculations on exactly what kind of fuel tank it was. And I was like, (laughs) for God's sakes, just let Andrew talk. At this point, they agree that spaceships are better than horses, and Luke talks about Louis L'Amour for a while. I think westerns are men's versions of romances.
0: Those books were everywhere in prison, man. <clears throat> I bet like they were. Two thirds of the books in prison were Louis L'Amour. I never picked up one of them.
2: I don't know. Maybe you could learn something from Louis L'Amour.
0: I probably could. I'm just not that into not not that into the cowboy scene.
2: No. I don't know it's the thing is with romances 99% of them are terrible I would assume with westerns 99% of them are terrible you just got to get a good one and then it can be mm-hmm. enjoyable but I don't think Louis L'Amour qualifies as a good one um uh, I got irritated at skateboard talk I want to put a moratorium on skateboard talk for a while but I know it's not going to happen not, it's, uh, I, I will,
0: it, until he tells the story of him going through a plate glass window in the Portland airport, I, I don't want to hear <laughs> any more about
2: it. Uh, Luke talks about when he was a kid, he really foolishly decided that he wanted to skateboard home from church, which was 11 miles away. I don't know, I call bullshit on all this longing for the things that he didn't have in childhood because he clearly demonstrated that he had a skateboard Um, But it didn't turn out very well because it was only a couple of blocks before he realized that this was a terrible idea and then had to wait however long, an hour or two, for Walter and Susie to come and pick him up and bring him the rest of the way home. Andrew goes into this thing where his own personal Mandela effect, which is an incorrect usage of the term... Uh, where he's remembering his skateboard as a kid that was Tasmanian devil-themed, but not Taz from Looney Tunes, like an actual devil-type figure. And he knows that this is something that Bob would never have allowed in their conservative Christian household, and that was the show picture for the day. And uh, yeah, I can't see Bob allowing that. Maybe he just wasn't paying attention, but he seems like a father who paid very close attention to what his kids were doing. So Andrew is really conflicted over whether he's just having a false memory or if something weird was going on. Oh, They talk about the physical specimen of Tom Brady uh, and his not eating nightshades. Luke says, what are we doing eating all these nightshades, Walsh? I don't care how few nightshades you ate. You're not looking like Tom Brady. It's just not going to happen for you guys. Go
0: ahead and enjoy your tomato sauce. uh,
2: (laughs) Andrew talks about he drank orange juice today straight out of the carton. Don't tell Genevieve. And for the first time, he heard in his head Camaro Kev saying something about how uh, orange juice is just sugary garbage. And he's mentioned this before about how, how all of their friend group is really hyper-focused these days on their nutrition, and so their conversation at parties very tiresomely to Andrew devolves into this micro-discussion of their eating habits. Um, Kamerikev is right. Luke talks about, oh, I'd just like to say the irony of Luke giving any kind of nutrition advice in any public forum should not escape any of us because the janky nutritional things he's tried disqualify him from making any public statements that we should accept. But he is right in that if you press oranges into just juice, you are losing all the fiber. And he didn't know why fiber was a good thing, but he knew that um, not having fiber was bad. And it's because – um, fiber regulates blood sugar, so it's it slows the absor- absorption of the sugar in the orange and regulates it so that you don't have any sugar spikes or valleys, which is a good thing. Mike, you may know more about that than I do. No, you know um, Let's see. They talk about Big Orange as a lobby, and Andrew plays an orange juice commercial from the 80s because, of course, he does. Uh, I think the main point of this discussion is that Andrew doesn't want to be like all the rest of his friends getting super focused on nutrition all the time. He doesn't want to have to think about every time he puts something in his mouth, what is this doing to his body? And um, Luke says, uh, has a, a sage piece of advice from the mummy who once said everything in moderation, including moderation. I was like, oh, the mummy, or maybe it was Oscar Wilde. Who said that, Luke? The mummy, for God's sake. Two
1: important things here. One, everyone keep drinking orange juice because I am heavily invested in frozen orange juice futures. And (laughs) (laughs) so I just rewatched Trading Places yesterday.
0: Trading Places, yeah. I knew knew that's where it Uh, came from.
1: Yeah, I I think I mentioned this in our group chat yesterday, but my hot take on Trading Places is except for the general racism, the use of the N-word... Dan Aykroyd in blackface and shots at the Twin Towers. Redskins? It mostly holds up. Oh, and uh, the thought of comedy being drawn from being raped by a gorilla. Well, that's funny to me. And and General and, and Al Franken's in it. But other than all of those things, it holds up.
0: That guy did have that rape coming.
1: Yeah, he did. <laughs> well, you know, you, you dress like that. In a gorilla suit. Well, actually, to be fair, he didn't choose the gorilla suit. But, yeah, you know, he was wearing the outfit. Uh, More importantly, um, at least everything in moderation, including moderation, includes Luke's relationship with the mummy. He's backed off. He's had enough. Yes.
2: So, you know, Mm -hmm. there you go. Top story for the day is about Wendy's Twitter account. Um, Apparently, they hired somebody who could bring their own authentic voice to the Wendy's corporate Twitter account Uh, and somebody at some point asked Wendy's thoughts on film and so they uh, tweeted lots of interesting cogent commentary on film until the point when they said that they had to check with the bosses to make sure it was okay and they got shut down Um, and Luke is impressed because all of this film talk was interspersed with handling your average customer complaints Luke says that tweeting complaints is the most effective way, I guess, to get your problem addressed. But then he says, "Couldn't you run a savage burn on them, i.e., a scam?" Um, I think that's just the price they pay, Luke. That's how it goes? Well, I
0: probably would have in back in the late uh, '90s, early 2000s, I probably would have used Twitter had it existed to get my way through my first few years out of prison because. I had an $8 an hour job to start with and I was paying fines uh, and restitution. And I would regularly send labels uh, back in the mail and say that I got a bad can of this or a bad something of that so I could get free stuff from companies. So I did run that scam such as it was for mm-hmm. a couple of years, just to be able to eat.
2: Well, how else are you going to get your free toilet paper a la Jeremy Holmes?
0: Because back then, I mean, they had people that would, you know, essentially handle the complaints, which I did for 11 years for Papa John's in Seattle and Portland. I addressed every complaint, and you could check up on stuff to a certain degree if you really wanted to, or if the people at the restaurant were convinced that this person was a scammer. You know, very occasionally we would expose someone as a bullshit artist, but it's generally easier just to take care of the person. Mm -hmm. And and then you remember them and they can't come back and do you again because you remember them.
2: Uh, Andrew brings up the time that he actually tweeted a complaint at the rental car company. He's told that story before about how there were no (laughs) cars. The Yelp review of a lifetime! (laughs) And the the staff just didn't seem really concerned about making things right. Um, Luke wants to talk about customer service that doesn't seem to care, and he thinks that they should learn to be more conciliatory or apologetic. I have mixed feelings about this, being someone who worked in customer service for so long and And occasionally having to apologize on behalf of the company, I refuse to make bullshit apologies for things that aren't my or the company's fault. Like if somebody says, I was in here last week and I saw a thing and you don't have it anymore and I'm mad. I'm like, well, I'm not apologizing for that because it's not my fault that you didn't buy it then. But Mm -hmm. I do understand the importance of handling customer complaints in a way that makes it seem like you do care. Uh, they go back to the Wendy's Twitter thing by asking whether Twin Peaks is a TV show or a movie, and I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" But it's both. It's... <laughs> I. It, they seem to get into uh, a discussion of whether it's the form that makes it a. TV show or a movie or if it's the medium. So if you watch it on a TV, it's a TV show, and if you watch it at the movie theater, it's a movie. Um I I think if it's one discrete I don't know, 2 hour or whatever thing, it's a movie. Yeah. And if it's broken into episodes, then it's a TV show regardless yeah, it doesn't of seem complicated. where you watch. Yeah. No, not at all. And uh they finish up this discussion by um talking about the smug Wendy fan art which I went and looked at it and it's really sexualized. So I, weird, weird. There's some sexualized Ronalds and sexualized that Burger King and it's all just too creepy for words. So stay away from that, guys. Uh, and emails from our friend, Bet. She sent an email in response to a comment Luke made about how when he texts XOXO, to carry it auto-corrects sometimes. Uh, Bette said she had that correct to Coco when she was texting her mom, and so now that's become their thing. And they sign off by saying Coco or they say it on the phone, and I thought that was absolutely adorable. Uh, Luke knows that eventually he's going to forget exactly who he's emailing, and he will sign it with an XO or I love you, since that's so common for him and Carrie to do. I just hope he tells us about it when it happens. Andrew wants to ask Chrissy to be on the show, which I would love. Uh, Luke's not that hot towards it. He says that he wouldn't mind having her on the show. He just can't sort of figure out how to ask her to do it. He comes out with a scenario of of um, asking her, you know, would you be on my podcast? That does sound really awkward. So I don't know whether we'll get Chrissy or not. And then he says that he f- is embarrassed when he finds out that his colleagues in other areas of his life listen to his podcast. And I'm like, well, what does that say about us? You're not embarrassed that we listen to your podcast, but you're embarrassed that other people that you work with listen to your podcast. I think that puts us pretty low down on the totem pole. If you don't care about how we feel. And I think there's a very simple way to be not embarrassed of your work and that's to put out a better product. Yes. (laughs) Put out something that you're proud of. I mean, you're asking us to pay for it and listen to it. So I think that you should be proud that everyone and anyone would listen to it. Whatever. Um, Finally, we get a voicemail from Emily on the subject of shame eating, which is always good. And she tells about how she was eating a piece of German chocolate cake in the parking lot of the grocery store. And the really shameful part is that she had to steal a fork from the salad bar in order to do it. I think that's fine. Uh, And this makes Luke think that he wants to have a Pixar slash DreamWorks movie about animated forks. (laughs)
0: Forkies. And Forkies Revenge.
2: They've made movies about stranger things at this point, so why not? Yeah. And that will take us to Friday.
1: I wasn't allowed to watch Forkies as a kid.
0: (laughs) I watched it through a (laughs) hole. in the shower
1: (laughs) okay there's lots of friday but we're running long in tooth here so um i just wanted to give a tip of the cap to uh the voicemails that opened friday's show more rocker files voicemail uh answering machine messages including ed the repairman working on luke's laser baldness helmet amazing so good so good (laughs) Really, just knocked it out of the park. Um, Luke's not sure if he's going to be, quote, magical or tragical today because he is pretty tired. uh, And he's been running around doing pub for Livewire. After having Mm -hmm. slept on the boat, cold, uh, the little secret or the General Lee, whichever you want to call it. Uh, and A uh A Andrew uh suggested that Luke should have taken the human blanket, which is a callback to earlier in the week where there's the blanket. To me that's a cat. great
0: nickname for like a basketball player that's really good on defense.
1: <laughs> well, and they suggest it could be uh Andrew's wrestling name. He could be the human blanket right. and his finishing move is the apology. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: apology.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh and I mentioned that Genevieve wants uh a return to greatness for capes because they are warm and dramatic.
2: There was a girl uh, at my college who wore a purple cape about campus. We referred to her as purple cape girl. I found <laughs> out later her name was Genevieve. Ah.
1: You guys uh, really creative nicknamers, huh?
2: <laughs> yep. I see capes about
0: once, once a year, and it was yesterday the Army-Navy game, they they wear their, their dress capes to the game. Sure. Other than that, you don't see a lot of capes.
1: Oh, it's nice, though, to to, to pull out the dress cape, get it back from the dry cleaner. You know, have a reason to go out. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not like your, yeah. your home, your house cape. Or just your, your Monday through Friday work cape. It's not your khaki cape.
0: Or my dreams cape.
2: Ugh. <sighs> All right. And men have utilicapes. Yeah.
1: Oh. You can
0: see their junk. <laughs>
1: uh, after this episode, the guy's going to be taping uh, more holiday special episodes. Oh, Mason. <laughs> uh, Luke mentions that he worked that event last night uh, with uh, the guy from Nirvana. Uh, Who showed up in a velvet jumper. Nice. Uh, Well, you know, if I could just uh, wear velvet. Just drape
0: yourself Mm. in velvet? Yeah,
1: Absolutely. Uh, And we have more appearance talk. Andrew notices uh, that he's in blue jeans and a uniform Dickies work shirt and a darn good hat with messy hair. Uh, and thinks this is this is his natural, comfortable self, looking like an out-of-work gas pump operator.
2: How can jeans be the most comfortable thing to wear?
1: You're talking about a guy whose tonight pants are cut-off I khakis know. with a belt,
0: belted cut-off khakis.
2: <laughs> Let's not miss that detail, Mike. <laughs> but he—that's a-
0: the the—that's the—that's the dazzling deep for me. That's yeah, that- the one that kills me.
2: Of the whole thing, the belt is the most offensive. Let part me to relax
0: you. and put on a belt.
1: I don't even use the, the rope, the sort of rope belt on my bathrobe. I just too much
0: work. I'm never yeah. relaxed until I'm fully belted.
1: <laughs> uh, the reason that he likes his jeans is because he hasn't made the discovery that Luke has made—that is sweatpants.
0: Oh, I miss sweatpants.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, uh, that pair of Brussels that I bought you years ago—can you just like tie them off at the knees?
0: I, I, well, they're in—they're in a closet I can't get into right now. Oh. So,
2: <laughs> someday.
1: How? Yeah, someday I will. If you don't put knots at the bottom, all the cereal is going to fall out.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the spoof of the day, right there.
1: Uh, we get a side talk about Mickey Avalon, uh, quote-unquote rapper who is gross. Um, I wasn't particularly familiar with his work, so I googled Mickey Avalon, and I believe the first thing that came up was a track called My Dick. So I just stopped. Aww. I didn't even listen. Oh, nice. Uh, and this comes up because Luke's talking about popular music that the kids are into and that, I guess, Addie went to a Mickey Avalon show? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. We all make bad decisions when we're her age. I went to a Voodoo Glow Skulls Mexican Ska show once when I was about her age. Wow, I Bobby. I was there to see Big D in the kids' table. It's fine. If anyone listening has heard of either of those bands, we can reminisce about my uh, youth. Uh, <laughs> Andrew heard from an old friend, Tim Cassida, kind of out of the blue, uh, who remembers that Andrew did indeed have the Taz Dashboard. When he was a kid, Tim had a different board, uh, and he has fond memories of all of that. So Luke, or rather Andrew, at Luke's prodding, says he is going to ask his dad about it. He just wants to figure out how to do it without tipping his hand.
2: Mm. Yeah,
1: the Alaska magazine, the Alaska Airlines magazine featuring Luke and Livewire is out. It features a picture of Luke on stage, standing on his skateboard, and it miscredits Livewire to national public radio several times.
2: Yeah, that's pretty bad.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's just someone who doesn't understand how media distribution works. They just think that all radio is NPR. All public radio is NPR. Yeah. So that will make, as Luke said, for a very sad correction in the January edition of the Alaska <laughs> Airlines <Alliance> magazine. <laughs> Uh, On a top story, uh, this is the footage from the L.A. Council meeting of Chad Kroger, not Nickelback, and uh, his buddy, was it TJ or something? One of those kinds of names, uh, testifying during the open portion of the meeting for their defense of house parties. And, of course, these guys are improv comedian actors with a web series that they're pushing called Chad Goes Deep. Of course they are. Which I'm going to add to the list with Smug Wendy and uh Mickey Avalon for things not to Google from this episode. Don't Google, Chad goes deep. Talk of Winnebago Man, one of the classic early found footage angry people videos. Uh And then a little investigation shows that the Jerky Boys apparently created an iPhone app in 2010, which is still out there in the world.
0: I've never heard a minute of Jerky Boys. I, I don't know how it missed me, but... Are y'all aficionados of this? Was it good? Was it funny?
2: I've never investigated it. I think I must have been living in Europe when the Jerky Boys was big.
0: To me, I, it must be a, a Mandela effect or something. I don't think the Jerky <laughs> Boys ever existed. And what what is Mandela effect named after? Is it like he never really went to prison or what's the.
2: Ah, uh, shoot. I read it uh, that he died in prison or something. I forget. Hmm. Huh, okay. Uh, yeah. It
1: turns out he was actually a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the struggle was real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just you didn't get any uh like Euro Jerky Boys and there's no Le Jerky Boys that would have made their way over there.
2: Not as, f- no, not as far as I know. But like Andrew, I really am not a fan of prank comedy i just i don't like it when there's somebody who's not in on the joke right and it's their confusion that makes it funny for other people i just i don't i it makes me feel icky inside so i never would have listened to it anyway even if i had known that it existed
1: yeah it also just sounds terrible mm-hmm. Uh correct us if we're wrong people direct us to a jerky boys clip worth worth listening to and I'll happily give it a try. We get a voicemail from uh Maggie Middleshelf wilsey about This was delightful. <laughs> how different color Skittles equate to different types of personalities. And this is a continuation of Expense Report Talk and our very own nice lady Christy Wise sorting her Skittles into colors uh when she does expense reports. That's her habit.
2: But I totally understand what Maggie is saying about When she drops one, she puts another one down there because she doesn't want the first one to be lonely. (laughs) Like goats.
0: Right. You have to get two.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I do sort of anthropomorphize my candy just a little bit. Oh?
1: Well, I don't know. Do you have other candy traits that we should know about?
2: I don't know. Do you make two cakes, two pies? No, I mean I think about maybe maybe this M and M is sad because it's the last one that I'm eating, and so it's been all alone for so long. Or maybe it's really excited that um, it made it to the end. Well, it's just it's the Highlander. It's just one M. And (laughs) true. (laughs) uh, If
1: if M and Ms are anything like Skittles, and it's a red M and M, then it's okay because between its attitude and I don't know, it gets off on getting eaten last.
2: I don't know. The color thing, I don't do. I don't Sounds understand that. Sounds like my that. last date. That's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty pretty solid frame up there. I'm glad you took it.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, we also get a voicemail from Lister Joanna, who had a dream that she was the third co-host on TBTL until she found out that she was not going to be getting paid. Uh, <laughs> which... Made my heart pang a little bit for the history of TBTL uh, and also um, reminded me of, uh, well, well, we won't go there. But uh, it uh, struck a chord with Andrew because as a longtime radio producer, he's struggled with having guests on and just continually reminding them that they're there because it's good for them, not because they're going to get paid. Yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah. Uh, music for your weekend. Luke brings Big Thief with Shark Smile. Andrew, The Modern Lovers with Government Center, which is all about the uh, T-Stop in Boston. The video, you can see the trains. And Anne in North Carolina brings uh, Little Billy Johns all around the world.
2: And that's it. All right. Let's do a little housekeeping. Uh, we would love it if you would buy some merchandise from us. I think we've got the update that... Um, We cannot guarantee shipping by Christmas at this point. Unfortunately, our providers notified Jeremy and Christy that uh, unless you do priority or extra expensive or whatever. So regular shipping and getting it by Christmas, not necessarily compatible, especially given Christy's history, as Bobby mentioned, with the Postal Service. Uh, The Archive Project continues. Anybody that wants to get involved, drop us a line. Christy will set you up and get you going. could be a good way to use some of that holiday downtime. If you're still doing your holiday shopping on Amazon, I think they'll still be able to get you your purchases for another week or so. And so if you use our affiliate link, littleredbandwagon.com slash amazon, They will kick us a few pennies to help us out with our hosting costs and the other things that we have to pay for to bring you this show. Uh, Please listen to our friends over at Earbuds and Earworms. I have not actually checked what the topic is today. Does anybody know? I do. It's indie music. Um,
1: And for reasons I don't understand, the episode is titled All the Taquitos Taylor Swift Wants.
2: Oh. so Well, that sounds
1: Interesting. Indie music. And I see the Oh Hellos made the list, uh, which is a band <laughs> that uh, I like. So there you go. Indie music. Excellent. On to how you can get involved with the show. Find us at littleredbandwagon.com and throwyourphone.com. Facebook, Twitter, LRB Podcast, littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. 802-432-TBTL. That's 802 8285 And with that, I will get us out of here. Until next time, this is the next party.
0: We love you, Jim.
2: Nailed it.
0: I realized that being with my family is more important than
1: being cool.
2: Dad, what you just said was powerfully uncool.
1: You know what the song says? It's hip to be square.
2: That song is so lame. So lame that it's cool? No. No. Am I cool, kids? No. No. Good, I'm glad. And that's what makes me cool. Not caring, right? No. Well, how the hell do you be cool? I feel like we've tried everything here.
1: Wait, Marge. Maybe if you're truly cool, you don't need to be told you're cool.
2: I'm sure you do. How else would you know?